This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. You're listening to Women Road Warriors. We're a show designed to empower and inspire women in trucking, in the trades, and everywhere. We cover all kinds of topics and take on the tough subjects, too. I'm Shelly, and... I'm Kathy. Today, we have a powerhouse of empowerment. Marilyn Shannon is the founder of Women's Power Networking. She's an experienced facilitator, author, court mediator, life coach, journalist, and TV and radio host. She covers relationship communication and the power of deep listening. Marilyn is a tireless advocate who works to inspire and educate women. She helps the overlooked, underserved, or ignored groups in our society so they can be heard, supported, and better understood. Welcome, Marilyn. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. Well, thank you so much. This is exciting. I've never spoken to two women like this before, and I've spoken to a lot of women. <laughs> and, and we're glad you are. You've got quite the background. There's so much to cover. I love the fact that you advocate to give people a voice. I imagine that's tough to be heard today. Well, it, it, it is. I mean, there's a lot of noise. So, you know, have you ever been to a restaurant where you're sitting across from someone and the restaurant's very, very loud? And, you, you, you know, sometimes people do what? Sometimes they get, they get louder, right? They, they yeah. screamed. That's not what you do. Guess what you do? You get under the noise. You whisper. Oh, really? And okay. That's how you get heard. Interesting. Tell us more. Well, you, 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 your, your volume is on a different, let's say, wavelength than the rest of the group, right? In the restaurant. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be on the same level. You want to be on a different level. So you whisper. Um, so there are ways of getting heard. And we, we, have to, we have to do our best to help people come out of from from behind because there's no balance if everybody's not being heard and we have you know it's it's a it's really important to understand our judgments and to agree to disagree so that we get to understand each other because listening is so important i mean it is the i i say it's the kingpin queen king of all senses and it's the way that we bridge humanity and it's very important. So getting, getting separating from what the talk is to a different talk is very important. It doesn't seem like a whole lot of people listen today. They do a whole lot of yelling. <laughs> well, people think they're listening mm -hmm. when they're not because what happens is people stop. They think they heard it and they're done, but that's not the case. The case is if you've heard something, that is the doorway to hear more, to listen more, to get more, to get into something even more profound and into more levels of listening. So we're never done. And it's, you know, you, you enter listening with a sense of humor because of what you might hear or how you hear things or I remember when I first started a listening practice and this was over 20 years ago and it came through tears 
I mean, that's how sometimes that's how a lot of times that's how freedom comes. Freedom comes from something that may not be free, right? You break free from something to be free. Right. And I, I, I remember um, practicing listening and realizing all the things that I was leaving out. You know, I was starting to listen to myself and I could hear my mind or my brain going through the, the process of something, but my mouth didn't share all that with somebody else. You know, my mouth went from, let's say, A to D, where my brain covered the rest. And I'm like, well, this is a setup. I'm not including the other person in my process. And I had a laugh because I'm like, wow, that's that's just so cool to realize something like that. So listening really affords you a, um, an opportunity. My, I don't have a million degrees. I have a little, but I don't have a lot. But what I do have is listening. And that is the smartest thing you can do. And you have a degree in life experience. I sure do, honey. Yeah? I sure do. I say to clients all the time when I'm coaching, I sit in my chair ethically, not because I haven't had a life, but because I've had a life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many times somebody will bring a story, a situation, a conflict, an issue to, you know, to me. And maybe I haven't been through that exact thing. But I've been through enough to be able to empathize and understand and not pass judgment. And I've been through enough. How can you let me put it to you this way? I've been through enough stop signs. I've gone through enough stop signs where I don't where I don't beat my horn. You know what I mean? (laughs) I like that analogy. (laughs) I do. You know, I mean, yeah, when people beep the horn, I mean, are they are they kidding? Because they haven't been through a stop sign, then I, I, I can't even imagine they're actually behind a wheel. If they say they have never done that, then they're probably lying. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, life is a lot easier when we listen. It's not that hard. We we can cut through a lot of things when we really turn on them, our ears. And it's not just our ears. It's our senses. It's our touch, our taste. Everything around us is, is telling us something. Sure. It feels today like nobody really listens to each other, though. There's a disconnect. There is a disconnect. But if you're the one listening, Mm -hmm. then you can help. Right. Because by the questions, you know, by by listening to the answer that you're getting, each and every one of us can help every can help all kinds of things if we listen, you know, and, and little by little and encouragement and acknowledging somebody else, you help open them up. So if you're engaged and conscious in a conversation, in that relationship, whoever that is with, you make the, a huge, I, I was gonna say the biggest difference and maybe for somebody you, you, you will, but you will make a huge difference in general. You know, and that goes in everyday conversation, even in the simplest things that you might not think is important. I mean, give, for example, just two people having a conversation and the one person is always looking at his phone, his or her phone, always down and looking up at the person, pretending to listen, but then being distracted by the phone. And you're trying to to share something and you say, are you listening? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm listening. But they're, they're actually looking at their phone. How can you be listening when your attention is divided maybe in three places on that phone, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what do you do? 
when you're talking to somebody and they've got a phone and they're like glued to it? What do you do? How do you break that that experience, that glue? Actually, you know, I'm I'm pretty blunt. I just say, hey, would you mind putting that down for a minute? And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, eyes up here, eyes up here. <laughs> yeah, I mean that works. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that works. You know, snap them out of it. Hey, you know, back to reality. Look, look up. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that works. That's exactly right. I tell people use your use your words. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, use the words we got. I mean, you Basic know, be honest. Words. <laughs> yeah, be Most honest. people use their thumbs today. They're texting. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Use your words. I mean, if you if you're in that situation, like Kathy just said, yeah. you know, you you can very easily say to somebody, "Hey, Sarah." Uh, I noticed you're on your phone. You want? Should we talk later? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, use your words. Yeah. So, so, Marilyn, what exactly do you do? But everything I do, Shelley is connected. Everything it's I, I do different things, but it's all for the same reason. I am here to re-enchant this planet. I'm here to help re-enchant this planet, and what that means is the planet is enchanted. But we, by our actions, by our fear, have laid a layer of yuck on top of it. And I am here, and that's just, it's just, the yuck is not concrete. It's not a, it's not a hard material that you can't break through. It's just our consciousness. It's our awareness. It's our, it's, it's this layer of um, things that we perceive as, as something that can be real. So I am here to help people realize that and show them in different ways how to break through that. So I'm writing a series of books and I know I've known, we all know for a long time that stories really matter. I mean, when you can, when you hear somebody talk about their life in a story, Mm -hmm. what they've been through, when you, when you really hear their heart, whether you like them or you don't, you do find a way of connecting with them and understanding. So I real I decide to write a series of books and my series is called In Just One Afternoon, Listening Into the Hearts Of. So it doesn't take much to listen into the heart of somebody. It doesn't take much to make nice. It, t- mm-hmm. it just takes a, a you know an afternoon. How much time does it take? It doesn't take much to say to you know, somebody, I'm sorry, or thank you, or even a year or two, 10 years down the road, it doesn't matter. You can turn to somebody and say, you know, 10 years ago, we had this thing, but I've been thinking about it for 10 years and I want to apologize. Do you, I mean, and, and it makes all the difference. So it doesn't take much. Yeah. So I started with, in just one afternoon, listening to the hearts of men. And I interviewed a whole bunch of men about everything, showing men all sides of men. And I wanted to do that primarily because I was coaching a lot of men and I was watching them struggle with expressing the simplest of emotion. And they had it. They had it. They could cry. They could laugh. But they, in a lot of, you you know this as well as I do, a lot of men don't have, didn't have role models to like lean on. So I wanted men to see that you could cry, you could share, you could have these experiences. So I did it for, with men. And a lot of women started reading it because they wanted to understand men. 
which yeah. is great because I started yeah. understanding, you know. And, and men then, say we're hard to understand, right? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, um, that's it, and that's an interesting dichotomy. So, you know, we women know women have had the um, the gift to be able to communicate. Mm -hmm. it, it was it's been accepted. So, you know, we we have we have so we can do multiple things at one time if we have to. We've been taught to do that. I mean, it's in our genes, it's in our cells, it's in our bloodstream. I mean, we just, yeah. you know, we can do that. So um, men, you know, and we ask questions fast mm -hmm. and we process faster in some cases. So, yeah, we confuse men. Yes, we do. We do. We confuse men. We do. There, there's no question. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and so women started, you know, reading it. And then the next one was twins. And just one afternoon listening to the hearts of twins, I chose twins because my mother and my aunt are now 96. Oh, and wow. they are pretty crazy, two crazy women. Um, they're very powerful. They're conscious. They, thank God, drive their children nuts. But they do it in a, in a, in a, we're grateful that they drive us nuts because at 96, you, you know, you don't get two women like this. No. No. Yeah. I mean, if I could, if I showed you a picture, you just couldn't believe it. Uh, my aunt still drives. My mother doesn't because she has some health issues, but they're just, I mean, my, I, last night, my daughter and I were hysterical laughing about my mother because it's constantly about, do you think I should, do you like the color of my hair? Or do, and do you think that the back should be shorter? And she's going to parties next week because of the holidays, and she wants to know what she should wear. It is constant. It isn't just one time. And it's wonderful mm -hmm. because they're the way they are. Um, and twins teach you, teach us a lot about relationships. They have a, um, an uncanny ability to make nice and get along. They, they, they have this unconditional love. And I'm like, we're all from, a, we're all from, if, if you think about it, we're, and this sounds crazy and a little woo-woo, but it's okay. We're all from one womb anyway. Why can't we all get along? Why can't we all Good just kind of flip it off? Yes. I mean, yeah. goodness gracious. I mean, we should be able to do that. And twins do that. I mean, there are some that have, you know, challenges. And I could tell you some horrifying stories about some twins that I interviewed. But they are, they're just, they're, they teach you, I mean, if you want to parent twins, you're going to be the best parent there is. Sibling rivalry, you name it. They're really great at it. Conflict resolution. Oh, my God. They just know how to do it. And then um, then it was millennials. And just one afternoon listening to lots of millennials because millennials get a bad rap. And nobody should get a bad rap. Nobody. Because there's a reason for things. Um, millennials are not in the basement because they just want to do nothing. They're, the ones that are in the basement are, the, are you know, they really, some of them can't, really can't get like jobs. They've gone to college. They get degrees. It's cost them all these thousands of dollars. They don't want to wash dishes. Who does? Right. You know, and they have so much, but they, they have, they really care about things. And I really like millennials. So, and then the most, then the most recent one was people impacted by opioid addiction. And mm. that was a whole nother um, avenue. And, 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 you know, when you, when you talk to people who are still, who shoot up, 
and you, you listen to their stories on how they got started, it's amazing. You don't look at somebody shooting up the same way again. And that's the point of, of just of listening into somebody's heart is whether they're, you know, I interviewed, you know, trans men, I interviewed people in prison. I, I mean, when you wow. hear them, you can't, you can't dislike them. You, 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 you know, it may not be your path, but you can see how somebody, if you open up your ears and your heart, you can see how somebody could choose something. You know, I was introduced to this woman who, a 40 year old magnificent woman who f- started dating a guy who was shooting up. Now, I wouldn't do that. Mm, yeah. Can you imagine the life that you have when you're involved with somebody who's got that disease? Constant chaos. Oh, yes, my so. God. Yeah. yeah, it is. Constant drama, constant yeah. chaos. And, and I, when I went into the interview, I have to tell you the truth. I was like, I wanted to shake her up. I want him like, how can you do that? You know, I mean, how could you get involved with somebody? It took me not that long after listening to her. Mm-hmm. And it changed my perspective. And she, I mean, she just said, you know, he's wonderful. He's loyal. He loves me. He cares about me. He works hard. But oh, by the way, when he was in college, he tried something and can't get off of it. Yep. And it's really hard. And so I did, a, I interviewed a lot of people. Now, my next book is uh, Black Fathers. And I'm very like anxious to get that done because black daddies have a lot to teach. There, it's 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 amazing how engaged. Um, a lo- the, I mean, and I don't pick. I don't do it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I I see a black man with you know, and I say, "Do you have children? Yeah, I have children. Would you let me interview? Sure. I don't I don't go and look for the best men or the best women or any. I just whoever shows up." And the stories are real and raw. So I, so it's, it's a passion of mine to expose people for their goodness. And the same with the women's group. Everything I do is, has that element. And I've been doing a talk show for um, 10 years. And it's called Breaking Free. And I've interviewed all kinds of people from people I didn't like their story to people who I love their story, but it's important to share all of them. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. What have you learned talking to all these different people? Because I'm sure you had an objective when you first started doing that. Has it taken you in another direction? And have you learned a lot about humanity? That's a really good question. It is. That's a really good question. Wow. Oh, you're a good Shelly. That's a good question. Um, Told you she was awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that was that was very good. 
Um, and I like good questions because I think questions, people don't ask enough questions when they don't answer, listen to the answers. They're, people are afraid of asking the hard questions. Um, you know what? I think I, that's a really, again, that's a really good question. I think what it's done, it's made me want to do this even more. Uh, it's also, it's allowed me to realize that I think my path has been clear. You, you know who I want to be? I want to be Anthony Robbins, but I want to do it my way. Do you know who Anthony Robbins is? Tony Robbins? Yeah, well, I, I want doesn't. That. Yep. Well, some people, you never, you can't assume. Um, I want that stage, not for my ego. I want that stage because I want to help people express themselves. Because when you, because I've, they're holding, people are holding on to a lot. And it's what you're doing is fabulous because you, it's, it's so important to show all people, like who would ever thought, who would have ever thought that there would be this woman who would be driving this rig? Just like I interviewed a woman who worked in a mine for years, for years and years and years in a mine. Like who does that? I do. Okay. <laughs> yep, you do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Well, you might open pit mine. <laughs> you might like a coal mine. No oil. Oh my god. Well, yeah. You might even know, have known. I can't even. I don't remember what this woman's name was. Probably not. I'm in northern Canada and Timbuktu, so. <laughs> so I mean, it's just. Yeah, I think. I mean, I like people more than I. I, I continue to like people. I continue to know the power of our story. I continue to want to do everything that I'm doing. Would you hmm. say that people stop listening and don't really know each other because they're always casting blame somewhere? I know women are quick to blame themselves, um, but it seems like there's a lot of blame being bounced around today. And like you say, there's a layer of yuck. I think social media is part of that yuck. Yeah. Well, we, well, who creates social media? People. Yeah. True. So we, we, whatever we, whatever has come from us is that is, is part of that layer. And we've created a lot of those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I think that um, people are scared. You know, there's two main emotions. Everything comes from them. There's, and I call them the love tree and the fear tree. And so the fear is keeping us away from each other. Blame is one of those things that it keeps us disconnected as opposed to connecting. It keeps us separate as opposed to connected. So yeah, I mean, people are scared of, uh, they can't. And, and here's the other thing that I think is really important. A lot of people have not been taught life skills growing up. I mean, life skills, simple life skills, are, they can't cope. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so true. I think that's more so today. At least that's what I've been observing. Yeah. So what are you observing? Uh, not the, the inability to make a decision or the fear to make a decision uh -huh. is mm -hmm. one of them I see. Yep. So, so uh, okay, so that's interesting. So, the, so making decisions, if you are a creative person, Mm -hmm. Creative people have a hard time making decisions. You know why? Why? 
Because they see all the possibilities. They see <laughs> the different, they yeah. see, right? Yeah. They see the different colors of gray and red and blue. How can they choose? Sure. Yeah. That, that yeah. is my problem. I am a Gemini too. So man, I have eight hamsters and one wheel in this noggin. I, I see, oh, that looks good. Oh, I yeah. could do that. I could do this. Oh, Absolutely. look at that. That's, I could do this okay. too. That's and I'm why. a Pisces, so yeah, that's a creative sign. Yeah. yeah, so that's why creative people have a really hard time. Okay. Now, the other side of the coin of making decisions is the insecure is are people who um, are the what I call the beers, the being people. Those are people who are in their hearts a lot, and they have a um, a, a secure a security issue. And making decisions are tough because you're right. Which, I mean, if I do this, you know, I'm scared, I'll do it wrong. And that some people have been like emotionally beaten up a lot. So they have a really hard time narrowing down and like saying, okay, putting a stake in the ground and saying, okay, this is my choice with the fear that they're doing it wrong. So it's, they're not the same. So there's, you know, it's the people who are real creative have a hard time. They're not doing it because they're necessarily scared, even though, you know, there can be some of that, but their, their driver is their creativity. And on the other flip side are the people who are emotional and have self-esteem stuff because they, that's where self-esteem comes from. And they can't make a decision because they have their fear. So it's two different things. Where does anger come in? Is that on the fear side? Yeah. Yeah. And do you, can you, can you figure, you know, I mean, why would you say that? You're absolutely right. Why would you say that? Because there, there seems to be a lot of anger I see with mm -hmm. people today. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And of course that right. interferes with communication. I was just going to say, when you're angry, you certainly don't listen. <laughs> right. You, you really don't. Yeah. No, no. You put that big glob of stuff between you and somebody else. Anger. I mean, think about, you know, where anger is coming from. It's, it's like not having enough information, feeling slighted, feeling like you're not listened to, you know? Uh, so if you feel, if you feel good about yourself, then there anger doesn't, you know, you just, you just say it, use your words and you, you can dissipate a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, anger, anything that's not from, from love is from fear, fear of not being good enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think women suffer from that more oh, yeah. than men. Um, mm -hmm. Women are better though at venting. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we all like to call it. Um, when I don't have anybody to talk to, I, I go in my bedroom and vent. You know, <laughs> you'd swear I, was, you know, I answer myself too. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you, but we have more people to vent to. So this, the women's group that I'm in, eight of us, came together and, and wrote a book together. And it was an interesting process because it, I mean, writing a book is one thing. Writing a book with seven other women is another story. But it was about breaking rules, and and the rules that we had to each individually break to get to where we are. So it was very interesting what, you know, what these women had said, and, and we want to like create this movement for women to be comfortable and break rules. They, I mean, whose rule, here's a, whose rule are we ruling with anyway? I mean, whose rule are you breaking anyway? 
I mean, somebody once somebody said this should be a rule, and let's not let the, it's it's one person or it's two people right. or becomes a hundred people. Sure. Is it a rule or an indoctrination that holds yeah, us well, back? Well, yeah, yeah. Boundary rule indoctrination, absolutely. So we get to we get to do those things, and I think men and women are breaking rules differently. Hmm. How are women breaking rules that are different than men? Well, and here's where men have men have been given more permission to break rules. Yeah, I'm not even to listen that. to the rules that I mean have been given. Or you know, mm -hmm. it's so, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people perceive uh, something that a man's saying differently. You know, he could be absolutely angry and blowing up on you and saying all kinds of stuff that, if a woman said it, oh, they have nasty words to describe her. Absolutely, and you they know? use them too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're emotional. They're you know the, you know they're this, they're that. You know, you know we're coming. From, I remember years and years and years ago. I I was, oh gosh, I was in my twenties. My my first husband was in the furniture business, and his family were in the furniture business. And I wanted something to do. And I'm pretty gutsy in that way. I I like all I have to do is, you know, somebody says to me, do you wanna? And I'm like, sure, I don't even care what they have to, what comes after wanna. So I wanted to open up a store, a gift store, furniture store, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I started the process. And I remember one of the reps, the furniture reps that I was working with said to me, well, it's a nice hobby. <laughs> I was so offended. Oh yeah. Oh man. And but see, in those days I was, a lot angrier. So I, I was going to be vindictive, but, but he pushed a nerve. He pushed that button in me where I'm thinking to my, maybe he's right. Same thing when I went to the furniture market for the first time and I would walk into these furniture spaces and the men wouldn't get up to wait on me. They didn't take me seriously. Yeah. So the, the underneath button is, well, maybe I'm not worthy or maybe they, you know, I'm really not going to do that well. And that's the fear part. Yeah, but I was going to show them. And I said to myself, when I walked into that furniture market that day, you know what, one day, they're all going to get up and come over and help me. That's right. I'll show you. Mm -hmm. I'll yep. show you. And I yep. did that. I Good did that. You. Oh, yeah. Now I do that same kinds of things, but, but not with not with that anger, and not to show you. I'm doing it with for reasons like the opioid stuff what's going on kids dying and people you know using substances and people not understanding what the whole thing is about is horrific yes it is and so yeah it's just it's like it's awful so my thing is i'm going to make a difference with this not be listen i would be so happy just sitting on my chair listening to an audio book every day and and sometimes not doing anything but there are things that have to be done and you know, there are things that I see that I you can't walk, I can't walk away from. You're being a champion. It's so important. How mm. do women in the transportation industry find their voice and find the empowerment you're talking about? Well, let me turn. Can I can I turn that around? Can I sure. take your question and ask uh, Shelly? Uh-huh. So Shelly, mm -hmm. what do you see in the women that you are involved with? In the transportation industry? Yeah. Yeah, they're very independent and very powerful. And okay. um, but I'm not sure they were always that way. I'm sure at some time in their life, they might have had questions. 
you know, can I do this? I mean, Kathy, did you have questions when you first started? Like, ooh, can I do this? Absolutely. Um, especially coming from a, a background where men were not the, the, the greatest or very intimidating and, you know, um, stepping into a world of men coming from my background was very, very intimidating, but I sure I had lots of questions. But the one thing that I can tell you that I noticed is that the women who operate heavy equipment are a little bit different in the sense of from from, say, women in the corporate world, in the sense that they they have a willingness to be to challenge a willingness to try it that feel the fear and do it anyway you know like when i talk to women in the locker room and they're they're trying something new they're getting they're training on a new piece of equipment and they're telling me that they're almost they're shaking in their boots and they're you know they want to puke but but they're still doing it so when, when sometimes when you talk to other people and they, they would you try this they're like oh no 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 i could never do that so, so there's a difference in, I don't know if it's a consciousness thing or what it is, but it all automatically they're breaking, they're breaking a barrier. They're breaking a judgment by just by the mere fact that they have entered into a career that is like draw dropping. When you, when you share what you're doing, my jaw drops. Yeah. I'm like, wow. You know, um, so I think that they probably, you know, it might be very interesting because I think that they, uh, and, well, and this is not a judgment. This is a, I'm curious mm-hmm. when women go into doing these kinds of having these kinds of careers, are they just going into it hard or are they also being reflective? I think they're both. Okay. Both. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, what my, my main, one of my goals anyway, in, um, as I'm facing, uh, you know, getting into the public eye more and more is to bring to the attention that, uh, uh, to break the stigma that women operating, you know, in the trades or whether it's trucking or operating equipment, that they can be super feminine and still operate and not because there's a stigma that, you know, you're either, very, you look like a man, you're, you, you dress like a man and, you know, you act like a man when in reality it's not. So people are kind of shocked when they see my picture and, you know, I'm dressed to the nines. I got nails, I got heels, I got my hair and makeup and I look smoking hot. And they look at me operating the biggest truck in the world. And they're like, what? Like you do, you do that. I'm like, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I'm trying to break that to bring femininity. So that, yeah, very important. Yellow. And you know what? I would even invite you to come speak at one of my women's things. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, because women, we all, people need to see this. So, and I would say to the women who are doing these kinds of jobs like you, who are out of the box in whatever that to speak, we need you to speak up. Yeah. We need you to be out here and showing, showing us the other women and showing the rest of the, our communities, men included, Mm -hmm. who you are and what matters to you. That's right. Stand up and have that voice. And I encourage all my coworkers to do the same. Right? Yep. A lot Everybody. of them don't. So I'm, I'm pretty much the voice for my work at the same time for all yeah. the women. There's not a whole lot of women to begin with. So I want to make sure that all of us as a whole are heard. Yeah. So and, and we owe it to our kids. We owe it to these young women, you know, that, and we also, and I have to tell you, a lot of men aren't speaking up either. We need to push the men too. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, I really like the other, yesterday I was in a call with a group of people about opioid stuff and most of them have lost a child. I have not lost, thank God, anybody. I'm doing it because I see, you know, I see something I need to do. But a lot of these people that I am, that I associate with now on a fairly regular basis have lost like a child. Yeah. And you see mostly mamas. You don't see a lot of daddies. Mm-hmm. And I was in a call yesterday and I was encouraging the daddies to get other daddies because daddies need to see each other. And we, we need everybody to feel good or to feel hopeful or to, I mean, obviously you can't feel good all the time and happy, right? But we need everybody to come out here and feel and express themselves. Yeah, I think people are afraid to do that. I think you're absolutely correct. And maybe social media has created some of that too. Even though it's connected so many people, we're disconnected. Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's true. And but you know, a step at a time, a a leap at a time, a mile at a time, your show at a time. That's what we would just do. We're doing it. This is what we have to do. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Did you know that 80% of America's communities rely on trucking alone to deliver their goods? The trucking industry keeps America running thanks to the 3.6 million professional truck drivers traveling over 300 billion miles a year. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, tells the story of trucking and its positive impact on our economy, communities, and lives. Learn how you can be part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting truckingmovesamerica.com. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in Northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So yeah. how do women empower themselves in your mind, Marilyn? Uh, is there maybe a summary mm-hmm. that you could give as a takeaway for some of the ladies listening on to this episode? Have a community, you know, have, find people that you can really talk to and express yourself. And if, if someone in your life is not that person, but they have to be in your life, that's fine. You know, you know, maybe it's a mother, it's a sister, it's a, it's a cousin, it's a sister-in-law, whoever it is has to be in your life, but they don't share the same, you know, path that you do. It's okay to keep them in your life. It's okay to plant a seed with them, but find those women 
that can go to where you want to go because you, you're you're absolutely right in wanting to go somewhere you're absolutely correct in wanting to express yourself feel grow take on the world you're absolutely correct there's no reason you shouldn't you need that encouragement and if if, if it's a friend find them if it's a counselor find them if mm-hmm. it's a coach find them find those people that are your cheerleaders that feel the same way you do about our our personal rights and our freedoms it's very important what do you say to the naysayers not much you can say show me you know honestly i'm not i mean you know i you know it's not much you can say yeah i mean what are you gonna say yeah Uh, kind of like what did gandhi say um be the change that you wish to yeah, see. Yeah, that's all. I'm doing it. Very good. Yes. You know, I mean, you. I here's the thing too. Like sometimes you you when when you want to take an action, you want to do something, you want to speak about something, you want to do something. You know, sometimes we educate. Sometimes we just we have an opportunity. We just can do it. Education is great, but if you're going to be rowing backwards constantly for years mm-hmm. and years, it's time to move on. Right. You know, yeah. you may be making you know, you may be making a difference in that in that boat, but you may just need to like scratch, you know, check it off your list and come visit it again sometime. You know, it does you don't have to get rid of things. You just gotta take them off of this list, put them on the what I call the parking lot, and mm-hmm. go back and revisit it sometime because haven't you ever like thought of something, wanted to do something and it wasn't the right time? Yep. Yep. Right. But then the time comes. So it doesn't mean you got to like get rid of it, erase it out of your life completely. It just means it's not right now. Move on and find the other doorway in or find the other opportunity. And then don't beat up on yourself. You're and uh, no, yeah. that is like, forget that. That don't, that there is, there is no reason anybody should beat themselves up. If you do the best that you can, and you start to come from your heart as much as you can, you speak from your heart as much as you can, and you acknowledge you're doing it as much as you can. You're doing it with whatever you've, whatever knowledge you have, wherever you've come from, you're doing it to the best of your ability. There's no reason. And that you, and, and each thing we do, we learn from. We learn from everything. That's right. So, yeah, so, I totally agree. Yeah. I think it's when you stop learning that you stagnate, you know, much like algae. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, we're always learning. We just don't may not want to always agree with it, I guess. So maybe we do just, you know, get stuck. But even stuckness is a learning. It is. Yeah. So what is your network about, Marilyn? I don't think we had talked as in depth so, on that. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So about 14 years old, we started with uh, these chapters that met weekly called Coffee and Contacts. And they, you know, there was a specific agenda and, you know, it's about, well, women know how to connect, right? We, we are, we know better than men on how to build a relationship. So it's all about relationships. Mm -hmm. So we started about 14 years ago with coffee and contacts. And then we would do cocktail and contacts at night. We would like open it up and have parties and stuff. So 
that's how we morphed into creating women's power networking hmm. so that we had an umbrella that we could fit other things in and so when co so before covid we had chapters in you know, f- three or four states mm-hmm. and you know it was we were it was busy I mean, you know, it's, you know, women, you know, it's busy and there's a lot going on and it was pretty extraordinary actually. And then COVID. So you know how things ebb and flow, right? So you you go up and then you nap, then you kind of level out and then you take a plunge, but it was a lot. And here I am doing all these other things that have meaning, you know, more, uh, not, not more meaning, but have new meaning for me. I, I was involved. I'm, doing an opioid summit. I'm doing all these different things and I want to work on this Black Fathers book and I have other books that I want to work on and I want to speak more and I want to do these podcasts. So I didn't want to take the time to do the women's stuff. It was a choice. At some point you have to filter out the things that are just not working right. so that you can't, right? So you can spend time doing the things that do work. So I called a meeting and, and the organizers came and I said, look, I need help. I can do this like this on my own. Well, I have somebody who helps, who does the, I have an administrative manager who works, you know, does all the other stuff, but I have to pay her. And if people aren't joining, then I don't have money to pay her and I'm paying out of my pocket and I don't want to do this anymore. And all the organizers said, well, we don't want you to give this up. So how can we help? And that was a big lesson, you know, so we worked on it for about, I don't know, a couple of months and we revamped. I often say to people, I didn't want Women's Power Networking to just be part of what was going on and the part of the curve. I wanted to help create the curve. And because we were one of the first all women's networking groups in probably in North Carolina, maybe in a lot of places, you know, 15 years ago, 14 years ago, who was doing this? Sure. And women need that. For sure. and yes. Oh my God, we do. Well, we do. And I know everybody needs it. So um we revamped you know we had certain rules we not we got rid of the rules mm-hmm. so now the chapters uh they're not seat exclusive so you can have multiple realtors in a chapter you can have multiple people selling insurance in a chapter multiple coaches in a chapter and we narrowed down the amount of chapters and we now we offer uh we're doing skills trainings every month and hard skills not soft skills like like technology skills you know maybe it's about canva or it's about you know how to work you know google my business better but you know things like that to improve yeah we're doing more of things like that and we've had more people join and it's growing again we have just a couple minutes and i want people to be able to reach you where do people find you marilyn they find, well, that's a good question too. So uh, my uh, email and I'm, and I love communicating. I love connecting. So I would love for people to contact me at Marilyn, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N at Marilyn Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N.com. I'm happy to answer questions. I'm happy to just whatever. It's great. I mean, cause you know, we have to talk and I have my books are on Amazon. My website is MarilynShannon.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Marilyn listens on Twitter. So I'm, I'm easy to, I'm easy to connect with. And I would, um, you know, say that I have an open invitation for that. Terrific. I love your insight. 
Yes, it's been absolutely a delight talking with Likewise. you. Thank you. It's been exciting. I love how you, you sound and I love what you're doing. <laughs> awesome. Thank we you. Love what you're doing Thank too, you. Marilyn. This is great. <laughs> I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.